The shortest month of the year provided non-stop mini golf action in 2023, and we're here for it. Let's get our putt on and jump into the podcast. Greetings, I'm Tom, aka Mr. T. I'm excited for lots of mini golf activities and some small wins to kick off the year and can't wait for a few of the trips that I have planned for overseas for later in the year. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the Pink Putter at a couple and on social media at couple putts. You looking to design a course or maybe just a few holes? Go over to minigolfdesigners.com, check out some of our portfolio and maybe hire us on. Or just looking for some goodies that you can wear out at the mini golf course? Check out minigolfgoods.com. I'm Jeff, co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Pack. I'm just out here doing my best to celebrate mini golf and bringing it to the masses. I want to say thank you to all who've shown your support to Tom, myself, and the podcast as we do so. You can find all of our Penguin mini golf antics by looking for Putting Penguin on most of the social media outlets. And while you're there scrolling, don't forget to follow the podcast mini accounts as well. And if you're in love with our podcast, while you're listening, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And in case you forgot, this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. A little over a year ago, myself and the other founders kicked off this new organization to bring more people into the world of competitive mini golf and to help grow the many fun parts of the game. You can become a new member of the AMA for free at amaminigolf.com. I have made all of the membership cards that are due to go out from people that had become new members in late 2022 or became new members in 2023. They're gonna be going out in the mail with a little bit of a letter. If you have lost your membership card, get in touch and for a small fee, we'll just send you another one in the mail. You can always email us with any of your thoughts at amaminigolf at gmail.com. If you're not sure if you're a member or renewed your membership for 2023, head over to the website, membership is listed there and again it remains free to become a new member and renew through 2023 thanks to one of our generous sponsors and you can put one ready and now we're gonna head into some recent news and event recaps and uh if you've been following us on social media a little bit we talked a bit about the world putting league uh that happened the last two days of february First and foremost, uh, World Putting League did an incredible job, and we want to repeat that again, broadcasting mini golf from Myrtle Beach. That has not happened before. Brian Katrick did a great job talking about the play, the course from his own experience, even with some of it being like experience from playing the course a couple of years ago when it played different, he was still on the right path, and kudos to him and the people that did the event production. All of that, big, big wins. We still have not actually seen anything on the USPMGA for results or anything from this event, which is a bummer. As of right now, the World Putting League has shared more content on Instagram in the last two weeks than the USPMGA has shared altogether, including the USPMGA has not shared on Instagram or Facebook that Olivia won the last Masters. Come on, guys, get this updated. It's really, really simple. World Putting League showed you the pathway, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll second it. I mean, our, the last time we recorded, we had literally no idea what was going to go on, and we were four days away from the tournament. And tournament showed up; they did a great job. You can catch Tom over at the Hammer HQ replay where you did what about three hours of talking about it and then as you mentioned you could go over and hit up our podcast mini youtube page and see where we went live both days talking with the eventual winner gary hester and then after he won as well so which i don't think we actually mentioned that he won but yes he won that yes. that tournament and congrats to him um my only thought after yeah i mean absolutely deserved it it, it, it was and it was it was everything we wanted to see. Like it was dramatic. It was well shot. They, they did everything for a first time out about as good as you can possibly do it. So 
looking forward to some future stuff there. I think the one thing that was, was really interesting, um, and our guest will touch upon a little bit of this at the end of our interview today was the gambling aspects. We talked about a lot to the recap, but I wasn't personally expecting it to be so heavy in the broadcast. I mean, they were constantly talking about the over-unders, the aces, and it was even in their press release at the end. So again, that that's the, the corner that they're going for on that. But you know, that's, that's the world we live in. And if it gets us a broadcast, Hey, we're, you know, exactly. it works. I think we had modest expectations. I know there were some concerns about the format with, you know, gambling being involved, but in the end, for the first event, I think we had modest expectations. They did really well. I know that Ted, when he was on the mic, had hinted at a series of events via the World Putting it's League. It's been in but their press releases when they've talked about it, too. But Nothing's been announced yet, and I don't know if they're going to do anything around the Carolina Open or the U.S. Open or the Masters. I know there's word that Bob really wanted to make the Masters less of an invitational and or make it more exclusive, I guess, is what he was really looking to do. And, you know, I I think that'll be easy enough to get the crowd that really enjoys playing it to get a very small section of them to show up for it because it's not really been growing that much. But it would be a bummer to see it because there was some young blood out there this year and for them not to get another opportunity, who knows? But yeah, right now, other than the tournaments in Myrtle Beach on all the Detweiler courses, nothing has been announced by the USPMGA on Pro Mini Golf, the website, social media, or anything for 2023. So stay tuned to us. We'll we'll be the first ones <laughs> to uh, to tell you. And uh, speaking of us, uh, the AMA, the American Mini Golf Alliance, had our second in-person event. It was the Winter Classic put on by O Street. They had 18 players on February 25th in New Jersey at a course that we pronounced last time that I do not have off the top of my head. Pat, do you have Jersey Devil something, something, something? It was Jersey Devil. Jersey Girl Devil. (laughs) It was something like that. It was in some weird named New Jersey town because all their towns are named weird. But you, you can find it on the website. Stockport Junction County line. Yeah. But Griffin Weiss. One in a playoff with two rounds of 41, squeaking by Wendy Taroni. And uh, Griffin Weiss, I had the pleasure of playing with him at the $1,000 tournament. His brother Langdon was two bad rolls from uh, winning that tournament down in New Jersey, but uh, takes home Winter Classic. And our own Aaron Kaminsky takes third place in the Winter Classic tournament, and he had won the O Street Winter Classic League. So... Congrats to all of you on the fantastic putting. We're going to have a recap over on the AMA website. In fact, I just published a recap of the coziest mini golf opens. You can see lots of photos and other stuff from our event earlier in the year. Going to try to do this with all of our events. So keep going to amaminigolf.com. Yeah. And with some events now in the books, we'll be looking at sometime in the next month or so, putting out our first official rankings of the year so you'll find that over on the website too and we'll probably look at updating that membership about twice a month will be our cadence just so that we get all you know try to keep as up to date as possible without killing ourselves with the administrative maintenance but the the one other tournament we want to talk about we're going to go across the pond and do a little bit of international news again in this episode where we had the hastings open which had a field of 62 players on the weekend of March 4th and 5th, which is pretty good because it is not warm in March no. in the UK Everybody on the shoreline. Everybody very cold and wet. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not surprising the name who comes up on top, Sevi Kukielka, and he won the three-round tournament. He won by five strokes, and he won by with three rounds of 33. So... The Larry you know, Bird if you're number. Lotto, if, yeah, if you're playing lotto numbers, Sevi, 333, some combinations got to be really good there. And then we had um, a name I didn't recognize, Richard Maud, second place, come oh. in in a name I... Oh, he he is like one of the hot UK players oh, right now. Is like he? he oh, won. You've been staying up on that. I've been staying up on it, and everybody in the UK has been talking about how strong his game is. I believe he is also from either... 
northern or western uh, UK, I believe Wales. In fact, oh, he might and be in Wales. He's he's a Welsh he's a Welshman, and uh, I believe he won the Hastings uh, novice division last year in the World Crazies. And I think people were like, "Yeah, he's not an amateur or novice. This guy is a serious putter." And so he's up there. He's going to be a guy that I think will pop up on the. British Mini Golf Association event leaderboards over and over. Well, considering he only lost to Seve and he ended up beating Michael Smith, who is a name everyone is familiar with over there, I would say he's definitely on his way to staking his ground there. So congrats to you, Richard. I will hopefully learn a lot more about you as the season goes on. And just want to have a shout out to some of the other categories winners, because one of the things we really do love about a lot of the UK events is that they spread out um, the love to a lot of this and provide a lot of different ways for people to get integrated into the game. So Adrian Amy was our category two winner. Cam Fincher, who we've mentioned Cam. a few times from the Put 18 world, was the category three, four winner. And Ruth Burke took the ladies division. And one of the things that I love that they show is their most improved player, which is a great way to provide support to players as they grow in their careers. And I think it's Rhiannon Davidson. Um, Rhiannon. Yeah. Come on, the Fleetwood Mac song. Do, do, I, do, well, yes, do, I know that. Do, but, do, I mean, do, I apologize do. if there is a, do, do, a different pronunciation do, do. and my American English just slaughtered your name. But No, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> especially if it's like... From just like depending on what part of the UK you're in, it might be pronounced completely differently. So totally fair. Right. And coming from somebody who lives in part of the country where a word that looks like Worcester is spelled Worcester or pronounced Worcester, anything is up for grabs at this point. But anyways, that's the the Hastings Opens. We'll probably talk about more UK events as we go through because they do a really good job of posting their results and everything. We got a lot of friends and friends of the pod over there who play so congrats and and look forward to the season and i know tom will be over there at some point so we'll definitely talk about that as the summer rolls on and you can putt when ready all right so today on the episode we welcome someone who might not be as familiar to our listeners as some of our other guests from the ranks of competitive mini golf we're excited to have him on because not only does he hail from kind of the west southwest of the u.s which is a place we tom and i don't have a lot of experience in the competitive putting world, and we don't really talk a lot about on this pod, but he also has a lot of ties to various competitive putting tournaments that we have talked about between major series of putting, National Putting League, Pop Stroke, and as we'll get into the upcoming putting world. So without further delay, let's welcome to the show, Brock Gillespie. Welcome, Brock. Welcome. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Excellent. Very, very happy to be on. I've, I've been watching what you guys have been doing, uh, watching some of your YouTube stuff and listening to some of your podcasts. And I really like the both of you guys. Uh, Tom, I believe I saw you on that World Putting League broadcast online with Betfred. I thought you did a great job there. Oh, thanks. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to connect. I know, Pat, I know me and you have been emailing each other for the last three years. I think you had the the World Mini Golf News website that I, I was yep. posting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's awesome to finally get on this show. And I'll tell you what, man, this is one exciting year for competitive putting. It is indeed. And uh, your name your name was already in my ears a week before the World Putting League because Matt Mail was checking in and was just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're doing this thing out west. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, national, you know, the National Putting League. It's like, cool. You know, let them know that, like, as far as the AMA goes, we're we're happy to like connect with other people that are doing competitive mini golf. It's the more the merrier, as far as we're concerned, especially out west, as Pat said. And just uh, so there's no confusion, and a lot of people do this. It's National Putting Tour, mm. National Putting Tour, not oh, League. Yeah, I, I saw national, you know that's on Pat at the website, and I wrote it the wrong way. <laughs> I, I thought know, that was it, right. <laughs> But Pat in, yeah. in her notes wrote National Putting League, and I'm I like, did. I thought it was that, a National Putting me. Tour. <laughs> I've wrote it in multiple places, and I've been staring at your signature all day as we've been emailing back and forth that has NPT it, on it. it. It's it's a very common mistake, guys. Even like regular players on the National Putting Tour will will call me or talk to me. Yeah, when's the next National Putting League event? You know, so don't worry about it. I probably should get National Putting League as a website address and have it forward <laughs> over because so, so many people make that mistake. 
that would be an extremely good idea as we know yeah. some experience of grabbing various different websites for our own needs. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into a lot of these different things, um, Brock, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, how, wh what your connection, I guess, with miniature golf in general, but how, how did you get into the, the competitive putting space? Sure. So uh, once again, my name is Brock Gillespie. I, I run the National Putting Tour. I got into competitive putting. I, I remember about maybe like 10 years ago, I was searching on the like internet and I saw some some putting tournament, some miniature golf tournament. It may have been the Masters or it may have been another one. And I, for some reason, I always remembered Hans Olofsson, which coincidentally mm. now he just might he might be the the number one competitive putter in the world right now. Just won the Pop Stroke High Roller event not too long ago. And I remember that he was like one of the guys they were showcasing. And I I thought it was interesting, but I didn't really think much about it after that. But that's like when I heard about it. And then. When the MSOP come, came out, the major series of putting, I was watching the Golf Channel. And I saw this commercial. I went to the website, and it was right at the beginning when they first started having those maps where you have to use two fingers on the website. And <laughs> I didn't know how to function the map. And I know that there's dozens, if not hundreds of guys that went to this site at first and couldn't work it. And I did. I couldn't work the site. And I was just like, oh, oh well, you know, forget it. And I was just... You, you guys would never be talking to me ever again. I would have probably, it would, it would have taken me a while to get into it. But I just uh, was just like, hey, you know, uh, I guess the website doesn't work. I can't figure it out. Oh, well. About three days later, I'm playing poker, which I hardly ever play poker. I'm playing poker down at the casino. I make it to the final table of this tournament. And this guy sitting next to me, he's got an MSOP hat. And I was like, hey, MSOP, I've seen the commercials for that. He's like, yeah, we're out at Saquon tomorrow. At San Diego, he's like, you gotta come out. I'm like, yeah, I guess I will come out. And you know, for lack of a better expression here, the rest is history. I got into the MSOP, nice. started doing their local events, qualified uh, two years in a row, 2007, 2017 and 2018. I finished top three in San Diego and got invitations to the MSOP tournaments. Did uh, three of the stadium events the first year, which I would have done. I wish I would have done more because. At the time, we thought it was coming back. We didn't know it was going to be a one-and-done situation with that putting stadium mm -hmm. that they built behind Planning Hollywood. But uh, I, I got into it, and then I uh, i don't know if you remember, but the MSOP was offering this thing called a host qualifier situation where you could throw a tournament at your course, you buy the certificate, like I think it was like $1,000, mm -hmm. and then you can throw a tournament, you buy a certificate, and then you can throw a tournament, and you basically are like in business with the MSOP where you buy the certificate. And if you make more than that, you keep the money. I ended up being a host qualifier and doing a putting tournament. I started this little thing called the San Diego putting league. And it was just some guys that were just, you know, 15, 20 guys that just wanted to meet up and do putting. And I kind of created this offshoot from the MSOP and I was sort of doing business with them. And uh, Guillaume Balland, who ran the MSOP at the time, who now runs pop stroke uh covid hit and uh everybody went indoors and the msop whether it was because of covid or because of lack of financing uh, i'm not really sure but uh it, it, you know for lack of a better term here it, it seems like the msop went out of business and they went out of business and i had made a bunch of these contacts and i'd kind of built up an email list and as you guys know in the competitive putting world when there's tournaments you know the word spreads pretty quick Mm -hmm. And I just, I decided to start throwing tournaments and I decided to create this brand, the national putting tour. At first I tried to get Guillaume to let me run the MSOP during COVID and at least just throw some tournaments. And he's like, nah, he's like, I think we're just packing it up. And so then I started the national putting tour and, uh, started throwing these tournaments where I get anywhere from 20 to 50 guys, uh, other than a few tournaments that I do with other organizations where we get like a hundred or so, but most of these tournaments are anywhere from 20 to 50 guys. And we, we do a putting tournament. And uh, now we just started our fourth season. I just finished event 33. Nice. And uh, it's, it's, it's been awesome, man. It's been a, it's been a fun ride. So I've been competing now for, for roughly six years. And uh, I'm, I'm learning, I'm still learning about more and more of these tours out there. Um, so that's, in a nutshell, that's how I got into it. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good ride so far. And I was going to say to kind of round out the organization stuff, you've got a new thing coming up 
as well, right? With Putting World, or is that associate? Like, how is that working? Because I've been trying to follow that as you've got right. listed on the site. So, what I what my goal with the National Putting Tour is to is to try to do putting tournaments with all of the entities out there. I am not aligning myself with one company. My angle, and, and this angle, by the way, isn't something where I'm like trying to make a bunch of money because the, the, the National Putting Tour breaks even. It doesn't really make money. I do this just for the love of it. And my idea is, is to do putting tournaments with all these different organizations. So I uh, did a tournament with Putting World. I'm doing a tournament with a company called Big Shots. That's It's sort of like Top Golf, but on a little bit of a minor scale. And then they built this nine-hole synthetic course. They have like 10 locations nationwide. I'm going to eventually be doing a, a tournament with Pop Stroke and, and some of these other entities. So that's the goal with the National Putting Tour is to kind of skip around and 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 do tournaments with everyone, right? Now, one of these entities that you just brought up, Putting World, okay? I stumble across this, this entity, a guy by the name of Gene Franco Guida, who had finished fifth in the MSOP final the first year, turned me on to this place. And I started watching them on Instagram. You can find them at puttingworld.com. Uh, I started uh, looking at the the photos of of this place, and, and it's absolutely phenomenal. It's an 18 hole indoor putting facility, with a bar, with a restaurant, a mm -hmm. pro shop. Uh, it's got uh, bays where you can like do all these like really cool interactive computer putting games, and I mean the place is just miraculous. So I got a hold of Tyler down there, and uh, he's the guy that runs their tour. And we decided to do a tournament. We did this fun tournament and they are starting their own tour. Okay. Once again, we're, we're going to have another acronym out there to talk <laughs> about. This is the WPT. And I'm not talking about the world poker tour. <laughs> it is the world putting tour. Okay. And they've announced a nine event schedule, which I'm sure at some point you guys out there will We'll, we'll figure out a way to get this schedule. It's not on their website right now, but they've, they've announced this schedule. And the crazy thing about it is, and, and I'm not sure, you know, I even still believe it, but these guys have some big financial backers. Uh, oh. I, I've, I've heard that I've heard that Ping is somewhat of a silent partner. They got a few other owners with some deep pockets and they want to try to take over the world of competitive putting. Their first event is March 31st and April 1st. Okay, it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. The place is called Putting World. And they are guaranteeing a $30,000 purse, no matter who shows up. Okay, um, They're hoping for over 150 players. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many players they have so far. When we did my tournament, we did this combo thing where we signed up. They have a... They started off doing a, a, a format where they do a qualifying situation. So you qualify mm -hmm. for, for the big tournament, right? They've now abandoned that, but that's what it was initially. And with my tournament, guys could double dip. They could do the qualifying and my tournament at once, which a lot sure. of the guys did. So they've already taken on players, $30,000 in, in prizes. And I do have one message to give out on this, if, if it's okay, guys. Um Tyler from Putting World is telling everyone right now and wanted me to tell your listeners that you no longer have to qualify for this tournament because what happens is if you have to qualify, it means you have to go out to Phoenix twice and no one like that who lives right. you know, across the country. So Tyler at Putting World wants you to call him at 480-398-0804 if you want to enter into this first Putting World tournament and he's extending a special offer to guys I know and people around the country and your listeners. So, uh, hey, breaking a, news. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. So, I need sound effects. Uh, with, without promoting too hard there, guys, uh, this putting, this putting world place is phenomenal. It, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I looked, I looked at photos online earlier today of it. And yeah, I mean, it looked like it was super active and a busy, group of people there. And I think for us, it's really good to get the word out there about tournaments where you don't have to qualify. I mean, I would say the event that we talked about earlier in the show, the World Putting League that had uh, their event down in Myrtle Beach, initially there were going to be like a week worth of events that a lot of people are like, I can't take that much time off of work versus, sure. you know, you're going to be able to play, show up, 
pay and you're in, I think that's that's super, super smart. I'm curious. You've talked a yeah. lot about putting on and a lot of these places we're talking about either synthetic or real grass putting greens at courses. I think there were some that I saw on your tour that were like real grass. And so do you have like a connection to the world of miniature golf outside of those sort of putting events or is it mostly coming from the golf world? Well, I've been playing miniature golf since I was a little kid and I love mini golf. I We, we had a family fun center that was right down the street from my house when I was a kid. And I used to be down there all the time and I love mini golf courses. For some reason with the tournaments that I've thrown, I've gravitated a little bit more to what I call MSOP style. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that, and that is, real greens, real grass greens. Well, that was the mm -hmm. initial thought, right? Then there's, there was a company called Putt Tech. There is yep. a company called Putt Tech yep. that, Very familiar. Builds these, that builds these phenomenal synthetic courses. And I started seeing pictures of these phenomenal synthetic courses and they just look too cool not to do tournaments on. So then I kind of went to that. Um, I've investigated the mini putt places to do tournaments. The only problem... A lot of the mini courses down here, they have like aesthetic problems with the with the greens, like the turf is being pulled up or the cups are volcanoed in or there's around here. They get really beat up and they have a lot of kids and teenagers running through. And um, I, I've decided to just stay more towards the MSOP style, which is regular grass and the MSOP putting stadium where they brought in the Nicholas group for a million dollars to build this beautiful synthetic 18 hole putting green, that style as well, which funny enough is how is where putting world got the idea. One of the main guys at putting world, he's a pro named Tim. He did some of the stadium events and that gave him the idea for putting world. He's one of the founders over there. And it's, it's this really super high end 18 hole putting course but the putts are still like putts that you see on the golf course. So I've, with my tournaments, I've gravitated more towards that. However, I still love mini golf courses. I definitely will do a tournament at a mini putt course someday. I just don't know when that's going to be, uh, but I want to do that someday. That's something that I wanted to do. There was one in um, Orange County. It was called like Carnival Land or something like that. Uh, Orange County, California. It looks really cool. And um, I think I even made a phone call up there, but didn't hear back from someone. But that that's on the list to do. I, I do want the National Putting Tour to be kind of an all-surface putting tour. But mm -hmm. I do graduate a little bit more towards this MSOP style. Yeah. And, I mean, the good thing about it is that there's space for all different types of tournaments, right? Like, I mean, with the AMA that we do, we kind of gravitate more towards the novelty side with the, mm -hmm. the windmills and the, you know, maybe the more traditional and then you, you've got that side, which kind of leads me to the question, you know, you brought it up a little bit with what Putting World is is looking to do with these high ends and mm -hmm. the sponsors. And we're, mm -hmm. we're seeing that a bit with Pop Stroke and curious, you know, because we've been following this pretty closely. I've been doing mini golf sure. and in the competitive side for 20 years. I, business is my background. So I, I try to take a look at this and say, well, you know, and, and even talking a little bit about what happened with MSOP, like is some of this stuff sustainable in the long run uh, you know where what type of demographics do we really think are gonna promote this going on you know, like how do we pull different groups in and, and even kind of the way you referenced it we're, we're recording on you know international women's day but i've looked at your listings i've looked at our listings you know there's still not a hot lot of women who play in these tournaments either we're very heavily male dominated so there's a lot of factors in there i'm interested from your point of view now having seen a lot of these different organizations worked with them like how do you see this going in the future well that, that's a great question and i think that's kind of the elephant in the room isn't it i can tell you that mm -hmm. me and my close associates over here have talked about this subject at nauseum okay the, the history has shown now it's not a, a long super long history but the history has shown that your first event is always your biggest event. Yeah. You look at the MSOP, you look at pop stroke. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's probably some other examples that I don't know of that were around before I got involved, but you know, what happens is, and this is just my opinion. Okay. What happens is, is 
the number one obstacle to competitive putting is travel costs our travel costs okay so how do you get to the event the plane flights the hotels the rental cars you know we joke around the the pop stroke tour championship last year we were all joking around we were all fifteen hundred dollars deep before we had even hit a putt <laughs> yeah yeah. And um, so so travel costs is a big problem, right? On top of that, everybody who gets beat, well, let's say, you know, 75% of the field, maybe, you know, 60 to 75% of the field gets destroyed, gets their ego destroyed, gets smashed, and realizes they can't win and they don't come back, right? So you have to deal with that, people. It's not fun to get crushed. It's not fun to make a five on a hole and, and embarrass yourself. It's not fun. And a lot of guys realize they can't compete. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there's numerous other reasons why, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't sustainable. Uh, what I've tried to do with the national putting tour to try to counteract that is I've tried to include everyone. I have a beginner division, believe it or not, that's free. Nice. I have an amateur, I have an amateur flight. That's 20 bucks. You want to come down, you know, get a little bit of a taste of gambling, but you don't want to break the bank. Hey, come on down. It's 20 bucks. Uh, I have a pro flight that's 50 bucks and I have what's called the elite pro add on, which is a hundred dollars, which is a side pot on the pro division. And you can learn more about this at national But I've tried to bring everybody into this thing. Gotta be honest with you guys. You know, the beginner division, we just had an event at Pachanga. We had a total of 26 players, and we had three beginners. I think we had uh, 11 amateurs and then uh, 11 pros. Um, or maybe it was 12 pros to so make 26. Uh, so we're, we're getting a little bit of a cross-section, but, you know, the, the beginner division, I thought it would be a big hit. Hey, come on out. Have fun. Do putting. It just doesn't seem to fly. Most people do not think they are good putters. Even great golfers I talk to, they go, oh man, I can't putt. However, I'm a firm believer that there are millions of golfers out there that still do not know about competitive putting tournaments. They, it's just not on their radar. They might have heard something about it, but it's not on their radar and they haven't tried it. And so I'm trying to find those people and I've experienced a little bit of an uptick in this last year. So I, I, I have some positive feelings about growing my tour, these bigger tours. I, I think that you're, you're going to kind of see I hope to see a similar thing where your first event's your biggest event, then it dips way down and then it comes back up and then it flatlines somewhere, wherever that is. I don't know, but it seems like there is a little bit of an uptick occurring pop stroke has more people signed up for their their May 7th and 8th tournament in Sarasota than they did in Fort Myers. Uh, so they're back up on the upslide. Uh, and so, you know, we just have to believe, guys. We have to keep on spreading the word. We have to try to help out these other tours, which is why I promote these other tours. I'm, I really, truly am trying to grow competitive putting because I know in the end it'll help the National Putting Tour as well. Let's, you know, what what's the, the phrase? Rising water, you know, raises all ships. Rising let's, tide. Let's, yep. Rising tide. That's it. You know, <laughs> let's 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 help everyone, which is why, you yeah. know, I want to start promoting I want to I want to start promoting the the American Mini Golf Alliance. I'm sure that, that your listeners know about yes. that. I was just checking out the website today. Looks like some really cool stuff. I got you on my website now on the upcoming events page. Nice. And I want to promote your I want to promote your events and let's just try to collectively build this thing up and, and try to keep some positive vibes. But obviously there's going to be a yeah. real realistic, logical side to everybody that says, yeah, you know, is it sustainable? I think it remains to be seen. I think it remains to be seen. I think the thing like so the price points that you talked about coming in at are very, very different than I think what we're seeing right now from pop stroke and frankly from what I had heard about MSOP is that you're really it's like a narrow segment of people. I know it is several of the people who finished at the quote unquote bottom in Fort Myers. And as a person who's not a terrible putter, I look at that and go, I if I'm going to a pop stroke event, I'm just giving my money to the purse. And maybe I will do that for the experience. I probably will wait for a bigger event and hopefully I don't have to like go through all the qualifying if I'm going to spend that money. But like you said, you're out 
a lot of money already going into it. And when you feel like I'm not there, there it really does feel like Pop Stroke needs something like what you are doing, where you have beginner level and all sorts of different points of entry. Like I think even their new uh, rollout of we're going to have a high roller at 2,500. I don't know how many people that that is going to entice over time when they know the results are out there. They see who's signing up. It, it's going to be like a handful of people from Sweden that are the top hunters and a couple people from the U.S. that can hold their own with them. And to me, that does it's unfortunate because those courses are amazing for competitive play. So, you know, I I have to credit them. And we said this on a previous podcast and, you know, you too, like and what you're doing is that you are adjusting and looking and seeing what's happening and saying, OK, we need to do things differently. And I love that they have local leagues and all this and. I, you know, I, I hope it works. I think there's so much room and we believe it for so much competitive mini golf. If you look at competitive niche sports out there, there's so many that most people still don't understand. Pickleball might be all the rage, but I guarantee you, if you went out in the streets and did one of those late night TV person on the street and you ask people what pickleball is and you ask them what mini golf is, you're still going to have more people that know what mini golf is. And so it's not a lack of people knowing it. I think it's a lack of the competitive game really not had a lot to hold on to. I mean, we have putt-putt that's been in demise and we have, you know, what the USPMGA has been doing that's kind of vacillated between times where they've done a lot of tournaments and a lot of times where the tournaments are really focused in a very small part of the United States, which is awesome. Like, honestly, now I'm with, you know, the National Putting Tour. Now I have a place to point people out west because there is really not much going on out west for competitive putting, whether it's beat up novelty courses, putt tech courses or any of that aside from what you're doing. I mean, there's like flat stick pub. And I think there's a tipsy putt set of courses like in Northern California. And that's kind of it. And so, yeah, bring it on. I love it. It, it really is strange. Uh, on the West coast, I'm the only game in town and it really is strange. I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why the leagues all started in South Carolina or where, you know, Florida, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I guess, you know, I guess it's, it's Bob's place down there that, you know, they put the stuff on TV and in the seventies and the early eighties They had you know, whatever, I think it was like an ABC more show yep. or whatever, where they, where they did these old they did all matches the and stuff, you know, and maybe, USPMGA maybe, was maybe, an maybe that's why. Sure. They were, they were an offshoot. They were sort of like the competitive division, but if you look at a lot of the people on their tour, a lot of them came from, they just move from one world to another, which is great. Like there's some of the best putters in the world, but it's still not like expanding the pool, which I think can yeah. grow much bigger. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I'll give you a, just sort of a, a story about something that I used to do in my 20s that I think is a great has a a great comparison to what's going on here. I, I used to do uh, billiard tournaments mm. in my 20s, and and for some reason it was right during the time when Jeanette Lee was doing her thing, the Black Widow, mm -hmm. and it was on ESPN, mm -hmm. and, and billiard billiards was hot, right? And there was all these bars in the San Diego area that were throwing these billiard tournaments, and they were getting 36 guys, and it was packed, and guys were on the waiting list, and this and that, right? Well, it took about three years, but by the end of the three years, the only people left were the three guys that win the thing every time. Eventually, people got sick of donating, and the tournaments went from 36 players yep. to 30 to 25 to 20. And by the end, the same three guys that always won, they were the only three guys left in there. Okay, I think the same thing has happened with a lot of these competitive putting leagues. Uh, the, 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 the top players are so good that you're not just going to go there and get lucky. 
if you're a decent putter and you want a local putting putting tournament, your local uh, putt putt course, and you think you're a good putter, and you could even be a scratch golfer. When you mm -hmm. get to these competitions like Pop Stroke, you are talking about the best competitive putters in the nation and guys that have been doing a lot of tournaments. You know, it's weird with competitive putting. You need reps. You need a lot of tournaments. Yep. You can be the greatest putter in the world, but you get there, and not that, like, you know, it's some huge stage or anything, but it's nerve-wracking, and it counts. And you get kind of, like, a little nervous, like, like, oh, man, like, this counts. And a lot of guys aren't used to that. And so you, you end up with this really top-heavy situation where, like you said, the Swedish putting team, you, you know, your Chris Johnsons, your Jacob Stasses, your Rainey Statums, you know, you look at the leaderboard and it's just, it, the top 15 guys from every tournament, they just, it just shuffles around, but there's, there's about 15 guys that, that are, have a chance to win and, and everybody else does not have a chance to win. It is impossible for them to win. And that is a big problem when you're talking about growing the game, because like I said, guys get sick of getting beat. They don't want to get beat. And and with all the money they have to spend to get there and to get beat, it's like, you know what, guys, you know, we'll see you once a year. Um, so it, it it's a it's a hurdle. Um, that's why I, I, I like the division idea. Now, yeah. Popstroke, who who I do work for, I did their website, popstroketourseries.com. Guillaume Ballon is this guy is just the nicest gentleman and just the greatest guy in the world. I love working with him. Um, they have a certain vision with pop stroke and it may not be everyone else's vision. They're trying to do a professional putting tour. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they don't want it to be rinky dink. They don't want a bunch of kids out there running around and messing people's putts up. You know, their angle is this is a professional putting tour. And so, uh, that's the angle they've went. I think it might be a little bit too, that maybe, maybe they don't want to clog up the facility with a bunch of people that aren't good putters. they, they they throw these tournaments during busy times and the place is just yeah. slammed. And I think I think it might be a numbers thing where they only have so much of a capacity. So they decided, you know what, let's just do a sure. pro thing. We know we're gonna get 60 to 100 guys. We can handle that. So there's a lot at play here. Uh, but um, you know, I, I think we're seeing a, a, an uptick now in pop stroke, and I think they're gonna kind of continue to rise up. And uh, we you know we just gotta keep on spreading the word. And at pop stroke, the facilities are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I mean, it just, it's so much fun to play a tournament there. And Guillaume does such a great job with the running of the tournament and the scoreboards and, and they got a full staff out there. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a very high level production and uh, you know, we just continue to spread the word and, and hope that we can keep it going. Yeah. You had a couple of interesting points and we'll just want to touch on them before we kind of do sure. a wrap up question here, but that, that concept of the top players, you know, being the top players, Tom and I have talked about, we even see it kind of in our local tournaments, right? Like you can right. play in one of my tournaments, there's a handful of people where people have come in and said, well, you guys are going to be the top few places. So we've had to find creative ways to incentivize people to come take that mm -hmm. shot. Now it's a little bit different. You know, I'm not rainy Statum. I'm not going to be that much better than, you know, everybody else is there, but we've, we've looked at that. And I think that is a big consistent theme across it. And then your other point about, um, having that amount of people and when they're doing it, it the putting world is really interesting because one of the few sports where you're doing tournaments on a place that is running a business, you know, this isn't a baseball uh -huh. field that's just designed for baseball, right? Or uh -huh. pick up basketball courts. you always are dealing with, well, the public at large is your main moneymaker and how do you fit these tournaments in? And, um, and then you get to the travel and all that other stuff. So there's definitely some some themes there. It's it's good to see that we're not all in the alone in our boats and having to deal with them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know we're very interested in in kind of following what you guys do during the year. We'll, we'll definitely check in. But I do have one wrap up question here for you: Is you know outside of the tournaments you play, is there any tournament in the U.S. or even the world that you really want to get to at some point and play in? Well, that's a good question. That there was something really important that I want to mention though about Putting World, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I would I would have hate to forgotten to talk about this. Just real quickly on the subject of sustainability, one thing about this Putting World entity that I think is really revolutionary is they're gonna be doing more locations, right? The course at the other locations is gonna be the same exact course. Mm. 
They're talking about having 10 locations in, by 2025. And they got some big financial backers. And when I was there, the place was slammed. I think this thing is going to go. So 10 locations, right? They're going to do nationwide tournaments. And the, the way that they do the tee boxes at Putting World is they have this dot that's on the ground. It's a laser. And the laser reads your ball, right? And you don't need scorekeepers because the, the laser reads how many times you hit the ball. Mm. And since it's the same, since it's the same course at every location, they can throw nationwide tournaments. The laser sequence is going to be the same at every place as as well for this big nationwide tournament. And it alleviates the problem of travel. You don't have to travel. If you're in Southern California, you can go to the LA putting world and, and do the, the nationwide tournament. And you just have to drive to LA. Right. So I think, that angle that Putting World has could really help them to turn this WPT, this World Putting Tour, into the leading tour because of that aspect alone. Because you can have these big money tournaments and no one has to travel. You just go to your local Putting mm -hmm. World, you play against everybody in the country. So that was something that I really thought was an important uh, uh, thing to, to mention. Now, in regard to your question, I, I've always, I, I've almost... I've almost purchased the plane tickets. I, I do want to do the Masters of Putting. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's the oldest, biggest putting contest. Uh, I've watched videos of it a bunch. Uh, I almost went last year, but then something family-wise with my son came up, and I couldn't go. But if there was a tournament that I'd want to go to, it, it would be that Masters of Putting that Bob Detweiler throws. That that would be the one. And it, nice. And it will be the one. I I will play <laughs> that tournament someday, maybe even this year. Um, I'm talking to the World Putting League right now. I can't say too much, uh, but I'm talking to those guys, and I know that uh, you know that they eventually probably plan to do something there. So maybe it's something where I'm doing a little commentating for the World Putting League um, and and uh, and playing in the event at the same time. Maybe I don't know. Oh. Uh, well, so we'll see. I'm in talks with those guys. I can't say anything more, but those guys are great guys. Bill, Mike, and Jared over at the Pro mm -hmm. League Network. And what they've done with this gambling thing, that's when we talk about sustainability, that is something that's very exciting. If we can infuse some gambling money, and by the way, I'm not some huge gambling person, but you know, every major sport out there does gambling, and this is just the world that we live in in 2023. And there's if there's some money that can come in from gambling, and the World Putting League is able to infuse some of that money into maybe travel costs and getting these guys out. Well, then we're talking about something that's sustainable and it's being sustained by gamblers across the world. Uh, so that's another another aspect to it. But uh, yeah, that, that Masters of Putting tournament would be fun. Well, if you get down there this year, I will be in Myrtle Beach one way or another. Whether or not I'm playing is up in the air if you've listened to okay. our latest podcasts. But, uh, have you, have you not least... been putting good lately? Well, no, no I've, I'm in a, I'm in a minor feud with Bob around uh, our a feud with Bob. He our, offered um, he offered constructive of, criticism. Yeah. Uh, he he was preposterous enough to suggest that the results from the tournament could be published within three months of the event event happening, and that there should be a published rule book, and that is uh, not considered positive talk. Uh, on social media and so i don't know it that that's where that's that it. is and we've talked about it but we'll we yeah we'll, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on this and we'll be uh checking in with you this year see if you're going to the masters but brock thank you for coming by and joining us on the podcast we're going to be following what you're doing with the world putting league national putting tour and all that like I said earlier, guys, anytime you guys want me on, I'll come on uh, and when we can talk about the latest on what's going on with competitive putting. A lot of cool. fun. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. So once again, thank you to Brock for coming on and, and sharing some of the discussion. Um, good insight into different types of tournaments that are out there and definitely a part of the country where we don't get a lot. And we look forward to talking to him more in the future and following what he goes and does and who knows maybe we'll find up find ourselves at one of his events one of these days as we travel around at different places with that i want to take an opportunity to thank our sponsor of the podcast and that is walkabout mini golf so if you're unfamiliar at this point walkabout is the ultimate vr mini golf experience and the most loved multiplayer game in virtual reality it's available on a variety of platforms and at the podcast we mostly use the meta quest to play 
Love the base game that gives you 16 total courses. It's eight themes with a hard and easy on each of the themes. And personally, I know I'm really enthralled by what they've done with the expansion courses that have all sorts of theme stuff, including co-branded with the movie Labyrinth, the video game Myst. Great stuff. And by the time you're listening to this, because it's going to happen tomorrow as we're recording, their next course is going to have been launched, which is called Upside Town. And that is going to bring miniature golf into kind of a new dimension with some physics bending features. And I personally think it's one of the most explorable maps they've created. I think I've spent way more time just looking around the map and going into all the different places that's in that town than actually playing any of the holes at this point. So um, it's a really exciting. I think they've got a lot of stuff to go in the future. And the last bit of news before we go about an AMA American Mini Golf Alliance tournament happening next month. On Saturday, April 1st, we will have the Putters League Championship in Roswell, Georgia at the Area 51 Fringe Mini Golf Course. It's going to be a three-round stroke play event with both a pro and amateur division starting at 9 a.m. Players can sign up in advance and can play all day Friday the day before for 10 bucks. You can follow more details over on the AMA Mini Golf website in our event section. We're going to update it. You can also follow along with the Putters League Atlanta on Facebook and their website, puttersleague.com, to see more updates on prizes and all of that fun stuff. We hope you get down there. I think we know that Aaron from O Street as well as Evan from O Street going to be heading down there so we'll have some documentation of it this is a tournament run by brian acres who's from georgia and is a fantastic person been putting on a number of competitive mini golf events in the area and we look forward to supporting them in this ama point scoring event and we're going to put a bow on the show with big thoughts mini golf As many of you know, I was invited to do commentary on a live feed of the World Putting League event at the end of February. I had lots of questions thrown at me from the host of the show, and one was about who is the heel of mini golf? Instead of taking the moment to talk down about other players in the game who approach it differently, I ultimately focused on talking about the community and friendly aspects of the competitive mini golf world. I like a bad guy to root against in movies, wrestling, and other fictional places But I guess I'm more eager to focus on those who compete and help others provide a fun and welcoming environment to all. Something we should all consider in trying to be ambassadors to the game and to make it a fun place for everybody. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready.